Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's that time again, episode 67 for the love of the game. Let's cook. So, I typed the text to a girl I used to see, saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be. And I apologize if this message gets you down. Then I CC'd every girl that I'd CC around town. And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling. Wetness all around me, true. But I'm no island. Peninsula, maybe. Makes no sense. I know crazy. Give up all this... That's in my lap, no looking back. Spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. They dip as quick as they can. The atmosphere is now ripped. I'm so like a pip. I'm glad it's night. So the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when I shoot the moon. High jump the broom like a preemie out the womb. My partner yelling too soon. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some litter. Sure on the subject. You sure? You know we got your back like chiropractic. If that do you dirty, we'll wipe her out as in detergent. Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar. I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp, remember what I taught you. Keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart, hey, keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart, man, these girls are smart. Three stacks, these girls are smart. Play your part. To choose it, lover, never without a rubber, never in the sheets like it on top of the cover, money on the dresser, driver compressor, top notch, get the all right, all right, all right. Ooh, wait, it's your man's ATH. We're back in the studio, back behind the mic, episode 67 for the love of the game, and man, do we have a packed episode today i mean absolutely jam-packed episode what you just heard uh that intro song ujk international players anthem slash i choose you is an absolute banger and you'll understand why i picked that song uh, later on the show uh i have a very very important announcement and it's an announcement that gives me great great joy the patriots dynasty as you know it the Brady-Belichick era of tyranny that has reigned the NFL. Well, it ended this past Saturday night with a 20-13 loss at the hand of the Tennessee Titans in Foxborough. Now, let me just say this real quick, and we'll get back to this later on in the show because it's going to be a main topic. Uh, I personally really like Bob Kraft. I've met him once or twice. He's always been a nice guy. He's a uh, a proud Jew, friend of the Jews, friend of Israel. Julian Edelman's a mensch. I respect the greatness of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That being said, screw the Patriots and 98% of anything that has to do with Boston sucks. So happy that the tyranny is over. But again, hold that thought. We'll get into that a little later on in the show. A couple of NBA notes before we get on to the NFL and tonight's main topics. It's really going to be a packed show. Two great guests tonight, uh, but just a few NBA thoughts that I needed to get uh, out of the way. First and foremost, sad news out of the NBA. RIP to David Stern. Commissioner Emeritus Stern passed away from uh, complications from a brain aneurysm. It cannot be said enough just how much he did for the NBA. When he started, the league was in absolute shambles. Arenas were empty, and the finals were on tape delay. Now, the cable deal and the TV deal that the NBA have is absolutely massive, and the average salary that was $250,000 when he started is up to $7 million a year. He grew the sport and had tremendous respect from both players and owners. Now, they didn't always love him. Uh, either side, the players or the owners, but they always respected him, and he ruled with a little bit of an iron fist. 
The end of his tenure didn't necessarily go well. There was the Tim Donahue scandal, uh, the Chris Paul veto trade to the Lakers, the 2011 lockout. But at the end of the day, the average team, uh, NBA team, is worth over a billion dollars now. And that's due to David Stern. And honestly, I wish Adam Silver had a little more David Stern in him, where he shows the players and the owners who's boss. Uh, especially the players as of now. So RIP Commissioner Stern, thoughts and prayers to his family. Two, the first returns for the All-Star votes are in. Right now for the West, uh, the starters are in the in the front court: LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard, Luka, Doncic, and James Harden in the backcourt. And for the East, it's Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Trey Young, and Kyrie Irving. Now, I have no issues with the West, but... If Trey Young and Kyrie Irving get the East Guard spots, well, then it's time to take the fan vote away from the fans because those two are not starters this year, period. Kyrie Irving hasn't played any games and he's been a cancer to his team. And Trey Young, well, his team is only 20 games under 500 before the All-Star break, so he's not an All-Star either. But we'll touch on that uh, a little closer when the All-Star game gets near. Uh, I can't get too worked up about it now, but I just thought, I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, Three, the Hall of Fame ballot is out, and this year's class is an absolute monster class. Headlined by Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Chris Bosh. The Kobe, Duncan, KG trio, I mean, what a trio. Three of the 20 greatest players ever. Absolute no-doubters. Of these three guys... Uh, KG would have been even greater if he came around and his prime was 10 years later. Duncan and Kobe would have been the same level of great, but KG would have been 15 to 20% greater if he came around uh, and played in this era in his prime. I, I honestly believe this. He had every skill that Anthony Davis has now uh, and more. I miss all these three guys. Uh, I wish they were still playing, but KG I miss the most. Here's a, a, an audio clip of him on the Bill Simmons show. Him and Adam Sandler were talking about uh, prepping to play an 82-game schedule. And this is what he had to say. Tonight when we go to this game, mm-hmm. the starting five, the starting five. Mm-hmm. The 10 players that are on the court. Mm-hmm. Along- I'm just going to pause this. These are his words. So if, if you're offended by any of the language, it's not me. It's him. Along with the four guys that's going to come off the bench and the other mm-hmm. four guys, everybody's hurt. Mm-hmm. It might be his elbow, his toe, somebody, somebody's hurt. Mm-hmm. You don't have knee braces on for nothing. You don't have an ankle brace and an elbow brad for nothing. So being fresh is out of the box. First right, off, you play right. 82 games. Let's, let's right. back it up. Yeah. 10 season, season open game preseasons that don't even count. Right. Those are the warm you up for the night in, night outs to get your rhythm, to get your rhythm, right? Yeah. Then you play 82 games. This is what the the prideful part of my generation and what we took on. You had to be a special person to go through 10 preseason games, yeah. 82 games, and then playoffs, and then yeah. you bring right. it? Right, yeah. You're special. Yeah. You know why? Mentally, you know how to push through. Yeah. Your heart, excuse my French, ladies, your balls. Yeah. You know what kind of confidence I'm, I'm talking this shit in here? I got 13, 14 other niggas looking at me. And I'm in here like, hey, look, we're going to go out here and kill these niggas. KG, it's, it's game 110. So what? Yeah. Grip up, nigga. Fall in. If you need, to, if you need help, say it. So I'm just like, yeah. And that was our curation. I absolutely love that guy. I would run through a brick wall for KG. Grip up, fall in. Ah, uh, 
And with today's BS with load management and the fact that wins and losses don't matter with all this uh, new age bullshit, give me KG seven days a week and twice on Sundays. And by the way, he was absolutely great in this movie, Uncut Gems, with Adam Sandler. KG, Adam Sandler, two of my favorite people of all time. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly suggest you do. Okay, so on to the NFL, what happened this past weekend. But before that, uh, I have to at least mention this because this uh, news broke today. The Giants, my New York Giants hired a new head coach. They hired Joe Judge, former Patriots special teams and wide receivers coach. To be honest, I'm exceedingly skeptical of this move. Once Matt Rule was off the board, I think the Giants could have waited for the offensive coordinator from Kansas City or Josh McDaniels. But this hire isn't about Joe Judge. This is about the Giants and where they are as an organization. And honestly, where they are right now is in the damn shitter. The fact that Matt Rule, who is arguably the hottest coaching candidate on the market, chose the damn Carolina Panthers over the New York Giants. Yes, the New York Giants. When he was a member of the Giants organization is all you need to know about the current state of the Giants. I told you many a times that keeping GM Dave Gettleman on was a huge mistake because no hot coaching candidate wanted to work with that jerk. And the fact that ownership didn't fire him, well, his presence, I should say, and Gettleman's presence, just so we're clear, is killing the organization from the inside. Absolutely killing him. Now, if Joe Judge works out, great. That's fine. But I'm skeptical, and I don't trust Dave Gettleman and the fact that the ownership has basically turned into Nick's ownership and they can't realize when to pull a plug on a jerk is just insanity. Insanity. I never thought I'd see the day from this Giants ownership group, but but here we are. We've turned into the Knicks. Congratulations. So uh, now that that's done, uh, on to what happened this past weekend, wildcard weekend in the NFL. It was an absolutely crazy weekend of football. Three overtime games. There was terrible coaching across the board. I mean, Bill O'Brien and Sean McDermott put on an absolute clinic in terms of bad coaching in the uh, in the Bills-Texans uh, game, only to be outdone by uh, Sean Payton screwing up the clock at the end of the Saints game. Uh, there was just bad coaching all around. Uh, I, I cannot, I honestly can't believe what was going on. And I have a guest uh, that's going to come on in a couple of moments to talk about it all. But first, as I mentioned before, and I opened the show with, the Patriots lost. And I revel in the Boston sadness. And here's why. Boston is not a very diverse place. It's not culturally diverse. It's not sports diverse. Uh, it's the most provincial city in America. I've mentioned this before. It's New York light. Basically, if you speak to anybody uh, from Boston, the only thing that they can be prideful of is the fact that they are from Boston. And 98% of the people, all they do is take pride in their sports teams. And they... Basically, if you have a conversation with them, they'll just shove it in your face. They'll say, oh, look how many... Rings the Pats have won since 2000. You know, look how many career uh, titles the Celtics have. And they and they, they name you the banners. Meanwhile, they'll be the same people that when the asshole Yankee fans say 27 rings, they'll be like, oh, but what have you done for me lately? But when, the, but when it comes to the Celtics, they'll use that same logic because Boston people are generally just the worst. I mean, go into Logan Airport and... There's no character in that airport, but all they have is they have the championship banner. So Boston 
sports defines the city of Boston maybe more than any other city in America because they really don't have anything else. So the fact that when they lose, and and I'm not going to take any credit away from Boston because they've had a ridiculous run, but when they will be the first people to shove it in your face uh, when they win. So now that they lost, I will be the first person to shove it in their face. So here's the reality of where you stand, Boston. Tom Brady's 43 years old and a free agent and may not be back yet next year. Bill Belichick is 70 years old. The days of them going to the Super Bowl are over. The Bruins haven't won in a while, and they're still good, but they haven't won in a while. The Celtics haven't won since 2008, and congratulations, you're the third or fourth best team in the in the East. And then the Red Sox, the Red Sox, well, they're about to trade Mookie Betts, their young homegrown MVP candidate. So, congratulations, Boston. Your run of success is over. You're not seeing a title in a while, and we are all going to revel in it and make sure to shove it in your faces day in and day out. And with that being said, I'm about to bring on one of the two percent two percenters uh, who is associated with Boston that is actually has redeeming qualities in just a minute. Okay, I teased it a little before. The, I think 98% of Boston is completely irredeemable. I have him on the line. Uh, one of those two percenters, recurring guest, patriot lover, Tom Brady enthusiast, uh, Mr. Zach Weiner. Zach, you know we had to do it. You know we had to do it. If you dish it, you got to take it. So uh, I'm here. I'm here to, to represent uh uh, I guess all 100%. I'll do my best. So we are going to talk a, a little bit about the the NFL at large um, from Wild Card Weekend. But let, let, let's be honest. The, the main story is the New England Patriots and what happened Saturday night. So let, let's get this out of the way. Have you... Uh, have you cried your tears? Have you um, gone to the prayer vigils, uh, the memorial services for the dynasty? Where, where are you at? No, I, I feel... I feel a little bit uneasy um, just because Brady, for the first time in 20 years, is not under contract. So that's about it. Otherwise, you, I take it as a huge compliment. All of these, the dynasty is dead because literally all 31 other fan bases would commit murder to be 12 and 4 and in, in the playoffs. And the AFC East is such crap that I know the Pats are going to be back in the playoffs next year. So I'm not I'm not ready to to call them dead just yet. Well, okay. and I know that a, I know that a few I know that a couple offseason moves w- w- could have me right back on the show uh, discussing how upset you are. So I all kidding aside, and I know I know we like to joke, but I just want to define what I mean by the dynasty is over. I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna define it right. Go for it. Go I for it. don't believe. That the combination of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, if they continue as a group or as a duo, I don't think they are ever going to get back to the Super Bowl. So again, I take that. Uh, that's a, that's an enormous compliment because and it, it should is, be. It, it should yeah, be. It's it is extremely extremely hard to win it all. Um, and they made it look so easy. And they were a couple plays away from having more than six Super Bowls. Um, also a couple of plays away from being le- less than six Super Bowls, but that's the nature you know, of the beast. It, it's, 
Exactly. And it, but it's more than just Super Bowls, though. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it, eight straight AFC championships, which that's also – that streak is dead now. But eight straight, are you kidding me? Insane. And then, it's insane. And then, and then they're still alive on 11 straight AFC East titles, which, by the way, I, I know the AFC East is crap. I know. But every division – it goes through lulls of being crappy and even in those different lulls there are transitions of who of who wins and who doesn't like basically in all 20 of these years of Brady Belichick we've seen every team in the NFL be crap and also be a playoff team we've gone through Oakland we've gone through now Kansas City we've gone through new, like once upon a time New Orleans couldn't win four games now they're you know we'll get to them I'm sure but they, you know they're uh, they're, they're a contender every single team but the the one they they've really been the only constant, and because they are the only constant, I and I think you agree that in of itself is is a dynasty. Will they ever win a title ever again? I don't, it's tough. Look, he, Brady's forty two. Next year he's going to be forty three. I I believe he's going to be back in the Pats uniform, and that's something I do want to address. But I'll wait. You know, uh, as this discussion goes further. Um, but I just want to say that like. Uh, it's not that hot of a take. I guess to say that they're never going to win it ever again. Like if you want to make a real prediction, you got to say like they're done. Done meaning they're not a playoff team anymore. But they like they are still very much a playoff team and just a couple of moves away. Um, and I don't know if you've been following at all like what's been being said, you know, around the sports world this past since since the Pats lost. But I don't think anyone has been blaming Brady for what went on Saturday night. No, all, no, I don't think so either. Yet. It's the weapons around him. The play calling was just beyond atrocious. I mean, that, that goal line stand by Tennessee, all the, all the credit to them. But, like, McDaniels took the ball out of Brady's hands. Well, we're, so, hold on. We're going we're gonna to get to that. I, okay, we're going okay. to talk about the game in just one second. But So, so, so to, to, to finish my point, I'll just say that, like, year after year after year, people have been saying that if the dynasty, if the dynasty, when, when they lost to Philly, everybody – was you know we're we're putting digital candles out for the dynasty and then they came back and won it all last year so he's he's getting a year older every single year you know i guess it's an easy prediction to make but again a few moves i think people are singing a different tune so okay so uh, a a couple of things one uh Obviously, because he's getting older, and you've seen the slippage, right? The slippage has has been happening now for the last two and a half years, which is normal because the guy's over forty. All right, like that—that's not even an indictment on Brady. Correct, it's just mother nature, right? And and he can't elevate mediocre talent the way he once could, which is which is normal. I mean, he's a freak of nature as not an indictment, right? Not Not an indictment, right? Yeah. And then the other the other thing is is it's not even about the team it's it's about and and you know where I where I I I go on this it's about the fan base's level of arrogance right <laughs> and I use and I don't necessarily use you as an example because again I think you're part of the redeeming two percent of no, people. No, I'm happy are, to be included uh, in it. I'm happy to be included. It's, fine, it's, I'll it's include you in it. Right. Possible. So so and we both somebody we both love. There are college age. There are college age Patriots fans who don't know what losing is. Like how how do you expect a, a fan base to not be arrogant? It's oh, it's impossible. No question. It's literally impossible. Let, let's yeah. let's let's use you know uh, our our fearless leader Dave Portnoy as an example, right? Let's use him as an example because he's he's a he's a beacon of 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 uh, I, I should say he's he's a major major Boston media uh, personality, right? 
Wouldn't you say oh, that? For sure. He's, he's a cult. There is an arrogance that he's had, rightfully so, that he could say every single year the Patriots but are, are prohibited. He's trolling. He's uh, okay, trolling. But, but, but that brand, there was – there was validity to that brand. Oh, 100%. 100%. That that's brand. Why, that's why he's, that brand, that's why he's worth $100 million. Oh, correct. But that brand, that brand died Saturday night. Now, I'm not saying that there won't be a playoff team. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying that Brady still can't get you to the playoffs. But that brand of... It, it's almost like Patriots against the field versus the AFC. Yeah, that yeah. died. That died Saturday night, so and I don't think it's coming fair. back. So that is very fair. I will totally accept that. The only thing I'll say, and you know this, and that is the minute that they announce, whenever it is in you know March or April, whenever they announce that they're giving Brady one year with a with a second year option or whatever, that brand is going to return in terms of uh, in terms of language. You know, in terms of uh, it's going to need a know. lot of help. And, correct, correct. And we're going to get brand, into this because yeah. he wants to get paid. But and and, you know, and how Belichick has operated over the years. So we're yes. going to get into the Brady, the, the the Brady next moves in a second. But before we do that, because that's a little bit little complicated, um, just, just your thoughts on the game itself. And, and what were what were your immediate reactions? You know, once once the game was over, what what stood out to you? So I'm still shot. Like it's still, it's a huge upset. Um, One that I know, predicted, by the way. You did predict, but I mean, you know, people have been like, I pe- predicting the Patriots are going to lose. But, like people predict the Patriots are going to lose over and over and over and over and over again, and then they celebrate when they're finally right. Um, but well, that was I, me five years ago. So exactly. I, this is a so hand up. I actually, I, as you, we made a bet, and I had to do an apology video. I, that was that was a lot of fun. That was the Denver game. That that really is a long time ago. No, that was um, after the Seattle Super Bowl. The Seattle Super Bowl. I, oh, was it? I, yes, I thought it the was Seattle Super the, Bowl. I thought it was after the game against Denver when Edelman returned the punt and like that game. We gotta gotta go back and review the tape. Um, but I'll just say, so I think like so what Tennessee did. So first of all, Derrick Henry is a total savage. You know, all the credit to him. Um, yeah, and. Tannehill didn't even have to throw the ball. When he did, he made some good passes. So, you know, that's that. I would, and, and the blocking for Henry was outstanding. Um, Excellent. I would say, I would say, so A, what Tennessee did was a double covered Edelman, and then nobody else stepped up. So, Nikhil Harry, who I still am very sold on, I like him a lot. He just was inconsistent this year. He missed the first eight games of injury. Um, I'm hoping he's better next year. He's a rookie so he's, wide receiver. It, 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 yeah, it's correct. normal. That's normal. Right. So totally normal. I still like him. But like Mohamed Sanu was a total disaster. Bust of a trade. Um, Dorsett, who had a career year last year, he faded this year. He's probably gone. Um, and then, there were, you know, they lost, obviously, Josh Gordon. There was no AB. There's no, you know, other guys that they had throughout the year. Um, and... Also, my man, my favorite player on the team, who I I pump his tires year after year after year, the fullback James Devlin, him going down plus not ha- not replacing Gronk, because um, you can you know people love to talk about Gronk's catching, but one of the things that made Gronk so unique and so special was his blocking. So to not have Gronk and Devlin and not neither of them replaced the running game was just completely absent. And that's where the Patriots started falling apart. Second half of the year, you know, once upon a time when Josh Gordon and, and 
Antonio Brown existed and James Devlin was healthy, people were – you had me on the podcast to talk about 19-0. But once everyone's gone, then the, the season just totally – and like you said, Brady's not at that point where he can elevate like he, he used to. He, Brady took freaking Kembrell Tompkins and Aaron Dobson to an AFC championship. He's not – but that was when he was in his low 30s. So – all that being said, so the offense, Tennessee took Edelman out of the game. Brady had nowhere else to go with the ball. Um, I thought the play calling was just atrocious. Um, and it's kind of interesting because um, now that we're doing this, this, you know, now on Tuesday, Aaron, there have already been head coaching vacancies filled. And, you know, McDaniels every year is a guy that's floated around. But, you know, he kind of lowered his brand, I thought, with that game because the play calling was just was beyond belief. And, you know, they, they were they were way too conservative um, running the ball three times on the goal line when you know you don't have a running game. Just murdered my soul. That was so, a baffling. Yeah. So it was terrible. So so like it, it's like surprising because they're um, the Patriots are amazing at home. They never lose at home. Um but my thoughts, I, I wasn't that upset, first of all, because, like I said, like we've been, been spoiled, so spoiled for 20 freaking so years. Spoiled, so spoiled. So I can't be upset. But also, I just seeing that effort, I know that we go into Kansas City this week and lose by 35. So, like, what am I so upset about? Right. You know, um, so it, it is what it is. I, I'm now just I, I, I really uh, again, we'll get to it. I believe Brady's coming back, but like I'm anxious because he's, he's out of contract. So that that allows the media So the media loves to make up stories about the Patriots out of thin air and then everybody runs with them. So oh, this is this is that, that this is this uh, this Boston thing. Oh, what was me? The media's uh, going crazy. No, it's it's the Boston media. The Boston media does it themselves. You know, well, that's true. That is true. About, yes. So. Yes. Yeah. So they got no, no one hates Boston more than me and the Boston media. Uh, One million percent. One million percent. And by the way, nobody hates the Boston media more than Boston fans. So um, but that's what happens. So they make up these weird stories that never existed completely out of thin air. And because they come out of Boston, all the out of market fan bases run with it. And they're like, oh, it must be true. It came from Boston. These guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So. Um, that's what's going on. So all these stories are coming out now about like Brady and this and that, you know, and like after they lost to Philly in the Super Bowl, there are all these stories about how Brady and Belichick hate each other. It was, that was never, ever true. So, um, I, I don't know what to think. And it's, it's a little, uh, it's an anxious timing right now. All right. So, so let's go there. Right. Okay. So that's a good transition, okay. right? Um, let's go there. So to the level that, 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 that this, you know, the marriage is rocky between Brady and, and Belichick. Uh, I don't really, I don't buy into it a lot. I do believe that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that Belichick has had a history of operating over the years where he'd rather get rid of a guy a year too early than two years too late, right? Yes. He, he's done that over, and it's clear that he had, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo... <laughs> You know, lined up to be the successor. And that if he had his way, Brady, after the Philly Super Bowl, would have stepped aside somehow. After the Atlanta Super Bowl. After the, the okay, fine. It was the Atlanta yeah. Super Bowl somehow. And then Jimmy G would, would have ushered in the new, um, the new era. Would you say that's correct? Yeah. So can I step in for just two seconds? Sure. I want to step in for two seconds. So first of all, the Belichick, um, I because you said a couple things I need to I want to answer and I don't want to get lost. So uh, first on the Belichick, a year too early instead of um, a year early instead of a year late. 
that's his huge reputation, and it's worked out almost 100% of the time. Yes, it has. Uh, yeah, the best examples, I'll give you two great examples right now that fans were upset about at the time. In hindsight, 2020, were like, you know, in Bill We Trust. One is Welker. Um, he got he got trashed for Welker. And back then, nobody knew who Julian Edelman was. He was just a punt returner. And look how that turned out. And the other one was Vince Wilfork. Because Wilfork was, you know... Uh, well, and Richard, and Richard Seymour. There's been a and lot Richard of Richard Seymour's another good one. Seymour's a good one. A lot of guys. Even like, look at like Jamie Collins. You know, Collins. Lawyer Malloy. It's been, yeah, it's been exactly. a lot. 100%. He's done it many, many, many times. I'll just give him two examples. Um, Brady... Is different. Yeah, so, so Brady's is, different. Is, Brady is different, and Belichick. Belichick has a history. They, t- you, we, you hear tons and tons of stories of Belichick treating Brady exactly like anybody else, and he'll even shit on Brady extra in meetings and stuff like that. But I do believe um, Brady's different. In his end of the year press conference, they asked Belichick about the Brady's future. Belichick said, "We're not talking about that right now," but no one can deny. Uh, that that he's an iconic figure in the organization. So there he is acknowledging it. And I I wouldn't be surprised if you treat it a little bit differently. The one thing is something I've said on this podcast a number of times is Belichick knows what each position is worth and he never goes above that number. And the reason why the Patriots have been so dominant for 20 years is because someone like Brady has taken pay cuts uh, every single year and been within to help him within the salary cap. So you have guys like, you know, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, right? So Mahomes is there, has already gotten a major payday. Mm-hmm. As good as he is, that could lead to Kansas City not being good for a little while. Lamar Jackson right now is the best quarterback in the league, but if he takes Joe Flacco money, but I you know, think he, hold on, I think now, he had the best gonna, year. I do okay, not think fine. he's the he, best quarterback. Unbelievable in the league, year, unbelievable but, year. But, but that's going to get yes. him. That's going to get him a major payday, and that will kill Baltimore's cap. That could hurt the team. Whereas if if Lamar Jackson were to take a page out of Brady's book, he could actually make. Baltimore a dominant team for close to a decade but that's what happened so like that's what makes Brady so unique and but so, I think Brady so but hold thing. on but I think Brady with the way he structured his contract by not letting him be franchise tagged I think he wants to get paid well, like he's so been sure. taking a cut all these years. Why I think would he, he wants to be sweet... paid though. He he's worth like a billion dollars between him and his wife, and he's won a million. Like, why would he go to some? He all he wants to do is win. That's because like, these well guys documented. are competitive. Because would... these guys are competitive. They want to be paid what they're worth. I I, I don't. I, I get that. I get that. But he he has to know that he, he can't just go to some shit team for a bill for a million dollars. You know. Um, and may, I, and I, maybe hold on. So, but yeah. but but maybe his thinking is: listen, I want to prove that. The the rap on me is that I basically have been, you know, at the hip with linked at the hip with not, Bill Belichick. There's no rap. There's no rap. The it's rap not. Is it's not Belichick. a rap. But he maybe he wants a challenge where he's like, I want to prove I can win without Belichick, right? I, listen, and then I can be paid on the open market, you know, to do so. So the, I don't point, the only point that I'm making, the only point I'm making is that if he goes to another team and is paid what he is worth, I'm guaranteeing that he will not win. Because it will kill the cap of that team. That's what I'm saying. The NFL exists. Uh, they, they created a salary cap in a way to not allow a team like the Patriots to exist. But what the, the Patriots beat that system by not paying everybody what they might be worth individually. So that's, that's what that is. So that, that, that's, that's one point. I just want to address the Garoppolo thing for one second. So anyone and everyone knows that Garoppolo was a successor. Belichick was in love with him and he wanted him. But... 
Belichick just got him too early. Like you can't be upset about the move because after, oh, of course not. Yeah, after Garoppolo, you know they after they got rid of him, they lost in a Super Bowl and they won a Super Bowl. So it, the the knock is is that he just like Brady was just too good and no one really saw that coming. Um, and that's what happened. Um, and it's it's unfortunate, but you need to go and find another quarterback. You know, so. I don't think like, but what they have done in Boston is they they've created a story that Belichick is like, uh, you know, he holds it against Brady or he holds it against Kraft or like Kraft had to step in and tell Belichick trade Garoppolo. Like nobody has any proof ever that that ever happened. It was just like Brady was still playing at a high level, and you got to stick with the guy. And they couldn't afford to pay to franchise Garoppolo and 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 keep Brady. So that that's what you know that's what happened. Sure, uh, but I also think the, that – And by I, the way, I want to root for San Fran. I love Garoppolo. I want to root for him so bad, but I just hate Richard Sherman so much. See, I, I, I kind of like Richard Sherman. He's oh, kind of my God. guy. Because, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, you know I'm, I'm always a uh, – I've always been a sucker for those Seattle teams, just like I, I this I guess. Year. He's just so thin-skinned. He's so thin-skinned. I, I know, but with the, the You Mad Bros stuff was great. But oh, anyway, um, so the Belichick thing. Yeah. Now, again, I don't think he hates Brady. I, I don't think – but I do think that like – and I have no proof in saying this and only because I've listened to like Bill Simmons and he seems to be plugged in and, and, and I, I – you know, I, I take his word for it. That like Belichick's favorite year besides for winning the Super Bowl last year I think or maybe the first one was that year he went 11-5 and with Matt Castle proving that he can win with anybody. Right. So I do think like Brady has an ego that Belichick has an ego where it's just like, you know, I, I, I'm the smartest guy in the room. If Brady wants $25 million a year, I don't think he's worth $25 million a year now. And, and then there's a power struggle. And I do believe to some degree that Kraft had to step in. I I think, I I think even more so he's going to have to step in this current off season. You believe that because you want to believe that. Like maybe, like no maybe basis, that's true. No basis for that story. But let me just say something. Belichick, like Belichick, I, I don't think there is. I don't think Belichick wakes up in the morning and is like, and is like, I, you know, I, I maybe I can win without Brady. I think Belichick wakes up. He says, "I want to win." Period. Like he just wants to win a Super Bowl. So it, it, you you are correct that he's probably going to say, yeah, he's not worth $25 million, but not because he doesn't like Brady or anything like that. He would just say, right, in order just to because create the fact a team, that he's not worth $25 million. Exactly. In order to create a team that, w- that it will be back to you know, New England Patriots standard over the last 20 years, I, I can't afford to pay him or else the team will, will suffer for that. That's just right. that. It's, I think it's that simple. I, I would, and I would agree with that. So yeah. um, before we move on uh, to uh, you know uh, other other topics, your gut gut feeling, Brady's back next year. Belichick's back next year. Yeah. So I want to. So I I've been uh, I've, I've been preparing for for this interview, and I want to say something. I want you to hear me out, and because I believe that you are going to agree with me, um, and that is, I grew up hating the Yankees. I grew up hating the Lakers. At no point in my life, literally zero point in my life, did I ever want Derek Jeter to play for like the Cincinnati Reds or Kobe Bryant to go to the Portland Trailblazers or whatever. Like I want them on that team. That that is an icon on that team. I want them on that team so that I can hate them and hate the, and hate the team. 
I, it, 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 Kobe playing for another team does nothing for me. Jeter on another team does nothing for me. I don't understand why Patriot haters would want to see Brady in a Chargers uniform or a Colts uniform. You should want Brady on the Patriots, and then you should want to beat him. And listen, soon his career is going to be over. It's not. It's it's it doesn't have much uh, much left. He's got uh, I think two years left in him. I think I used to think forty five. Now I'm thinking forty four. Um, but you should want him on on the Patriots. And and my gut feeling is that he he will be back next year. I just I I think. He does care about winning more than he cares about whatever ego he has for being paid. And he will look at the options and see that that the best option for winning is taking whatever. Con- I don't think the Patriots are going to lowball the shit out of him. They, they might give him less than what he wants, but I think he'll see what he needs to do. I think the best uh, the best example is also in Boston. We have another 42 to 43 year old player in Zdeno Chara on the Bruins. And Chara, the last two years, has sat down with Don Sweeney, the GM, and gone over the salary cap situation to figure out how we can um, sign a one-year deal for the next year and make it work. And I think Brady is similar to that. I don't know if he'll see the entire situation, but he'll understand that if he takes X amount of dollars, it puts him in a position to build a team around him and keep the defense going and, and going. But I, I just, my, my greater point, so my gut, the answer to your question is yes, my gut is he's back next year. I just think, like, Aaron Tobinhess should want Brady in a Patriots uniform. Well, That's what I I'm think. Well, I'm going to respond to a couple of those points. One, in terms of me wanting Brady in a, in a New England uniform, sure. I would also be intrigued to see if he played for, like, the Chargers, what that would look like. I mean, I wasn't old enough to understand, like, Joe Montana on the Chiefs. But, but doesn't mean, that sound, it, like, fucked up? It, it's it's weird, but like, but as as my guy Ryan Rosillo says, you know, these eras when they end, they never end well. So who knows, right? Right. Well, now, you know who else said that? You know who else said that? Tom Brady's dad. He said he goes he goes. I've been around long enough to see that when Belichick thinks it's time for Brady to go, but Brady's gonna go. Right. Now Brady's advantage here is one. There's no successor on the roster right now. Yes, correct. So I do believe that bringing him back is, you know, gives them the best chance to win, but then it's about dollars and cents. And and we've seen Belichick be, um, be exceedingly, exceedingly ruthless when it comes to dollars and cents, but I do, Absolutely. I do believe he'll be back. Uh, but as I said, I do think, and it's a credit to them. I do think the regime and, and that this dynasty is over. It has, as I define, as I defined it. So um, fine, before, but, before but we my, go, hold my on, question, cause we got to move on question, to the other NFL. So my the last, my, so I have a yes, no question for you. Do you think the Patriots win the AFC East next year? Um, I was a question, right? It, it's taking me longer to answer yes than normal because I think sure. – Well, I, I got to look at what Buffalo's books are like because I know they got to pay some guys. Uh, Buffalo's going to Buffalo. You see that game against Houston? Uh, I did. Um, but oh, that's, not what, yeah. that's not what we're going to really talk about because that's a little crazy. Um, sure, before, sure. Before we go on to uh, the next NFL topic and um, McDaniels if he goes, are you, are, you, are you crying over McDaniels if he gets a job? No. Uh, thankful for what he did. Just like I'm thankful to Charlie Weiss and thankful to Bill O'Brien. Um, I the really the only time even like when when Brady's gone, 
I, I'm not sure. Like this, this is going to sound really weird. I'll always obviously be a Patriots fan, but like it, you, it will be unable to like root for them the way I rooted for them. But like you know, Brady is like ingrained in in the blood of a Patriots fan. Uh, of I, Belichick, when Belichick's gone, that will destroy the franchise you know like they will be a 2 and 14 team for a very long time yeah. my brother my brother always jokes that uh his kids are are going to be crying about how terrible the Patriots are, and he's going to have to tell them stories like fairy tales about how this team was so dominant for many years, and I, they're not going to believe him, you know. Um, so it's... McDaniel's, I, I don't know, I, like you know, he, he's good. He gets along with Brady, which is great. But like McDaniel's is an interesting situation because everybody is getting hired, and before he's even getting interviewed. Hey. So what's he? He's going to go to Cleveland. Give me a. He's not going to Cleveland. He might. I, he actually might. I thought he was going to go to uh, Dallas or the Giants, and both. He, you're Giants, by the way. I, I, we're, not, we're not talking about it. Next subject. I, Next subject. I want to talk about Drew Brees. We're talking about Drew Brees now. I just I'm changing say it was the entertaining. subject. People, people were upset about the hire, but they're also happy it's not Garrett. So it was very entertaining to Correct. see the back and forth. You know? Correct. So, That's all anyway, we're going to so talk McDaniel's about. Right like, I don't know. I'm not sure if he has anywhere to go. You know, he kind of hurt himself. He hurt himself by how he screwed over the Colts, and he hurt himself with this Tennessee game. We'll, we'll see. I, I yeah. think he figures it out. Okay, All right, Drew Brees. Drew we're going to talk about Drew Brees for five minutes because I have a secondary <laughs> caller. You got it. Need to talk about Drew Brees. All right. Um, you know, a, a, a great career. But the last, I mean, since they've won the Super Bowl, how many times has Drew Brees blow, and the Saints, I should say, because it's not just him, and the Saints come up small in a big spot in the playoffs? And not just that, but I mean, look look at the weapons he's had around him. Correct. I, I okay, so 15, he... I just spent fifteen minutes complaining about weapons for Brady. Breeze has had like some of the highest caliber offenses. So let me ask you this: we've 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 been we've been you know able to watch Drew Brees his entire career, right? Yes. Has Drew Brees ever like scared you as an opposing uh, you know team? Like a little bit. Like, I mean. But so, yeah. Brady scares you. Like, I yeah. watched two Super Bowls against Tom Brady. I was petrified watching those games every single time he was on the field. Peyton yeah. Manning scared you because you always thought that he was going to come up huge. Russell Wilson, I never bet against Russell Wilson for a reason, <clears throat> right? Aaron Rodgers, for a large portion of his career, Patrick Mahomes, even Brett Favre. Like, these are all guys, contemporaries of Drew Brees, that have overlapped with Drew Brees' prime. Who Rodgers I can is falling s- into Brees' category yes, little by little. Yes, but at Rodgers' peak, right? Yeah. Rodgers did things that, and it made you really nervous. I mean, right yeah. now, that's so not I, necessarily I the case. You. I, I do agree with you. It, I, it's one of those things that sounds like a hot take, but when you actually think about it and look deeper, it's not, you know, it's not that hot. Like, you know, but the only thing uh, I would say um, is that when he was in San Diego, New Orleans was, was trash. Like our whole lives, New Orleans was a two win team. Um, yeah, and when, when he made the move from the chargers to New Orleans, they became the Super Bowl champion and they became this, this iconic, you know, one of the best teams in the league contender every year type of team. So I think in, in that, in those terms, plus obviously all the stats he has, um, it makes him in well, in the passing quarterback. stats are a little like, sure. It's sure. hard it, because you look at. And again, now we were a little too young for this, but if you go back and read about it, like Dan Marino 
his numbers in that era versus Drew Brees' numbers in this era, like Marino's are more impressive. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. He's the best to never win, Marino. He's the best to never win. Um, but I would just say, so I'm, I'm saying that's, I'm just, I'm kind of playing because I agree with you. I agree with you that Breeze has come in a little overrated. Um, but I think, I think uh, like if I'm playing devil's advocate with you, that I would just say he turned a franchise around. I think that's one of the things, you know, lost in all of, you know, the consistency of Brady is that Brady turned a franchise around. The Patriots were pathetic. They never did anything. They went to one Super Bowl in my lifetime beforehand, two Super Bowls. Uh, total and now look at them and that's that's due in large part to Brady so in terms of turning franchises around Mm -hmm. Breeze did did do that and that's why I think he gets a lot of the credit that he gets Um, also I just think you know you look at all the quarterbacks in the league you'd rather have Breeze than a lot of these guys Um, but But if we're talking about the the top of the top correct correct the top of the top you have agreement from me if you're behind I just named six six names Right, yep. who have overlapped with Breeze in 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 one way, shape, or another, that were just that were just scarier than Breeze. Yeah. So it's like, and and he, a great career, a great career, uh, and you know, an ambassador for the city of New Orleans, and, sure. and tremendous, right? But like, he just wasn't as good as as those guys' peaks, and I, and I have a hard time because. You know, the NFL 100 came out. It was it was a, a a topic of conversation of, like, who are the quarterbacks being picked? And it was like, how can the all-time passing touchdown leader and passing yardage leader not be in the conversation? Yeah, and, well, I just know. spelled out exactly why. Yeah, they know what you know. And that's a good point because I also was a little surprised about it until you and I talked about it. Um, and you you made me a little, you made me a, a little bit of a believer on it. And I'm, I've been kind of just, like, spending a couple days thinking about the devil's advocate side of it, of, of you know, what, what is the, what's the argument to, to call him top of the list or, you know, towards the top of the list. And that's really the only argument I have is that, is that he took a franchise that was garbage uh, and he turned it around. And once he's gone, what will happen to that franchise, you know, obviously remains to be that's seen, true. but that's yeah. true. But and, so, and, that's it. well, who knows with this Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater thing, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but and and Sean Payton and also another guy who I think is a good coach, but he's kind of like yeah, he's not as good as ever we, we thought. Yeah. But and and he mismanaged the clock at the end of the ga- that game so terribly that whatever I, he pulled an Andy Reid. Uh, do you think? Do you think it was Pi? I did, only because we instituted the rule to challenge him. So the fact right. that it wasn't challenged. <laughs> is just crazy. Like we instituted the rule actually because the Saints got screwed last year. I was gonna say they got more screwed last year than this year. I think just what happened last year adds fuel to this yes. year's fire. So if you're gonna change the rule, use the rule the way the rule's yeah. supposed to be used. If you're not gonna yeah. have the rule, don't have the rule. And by the way, yeah. for the Saints fans who said they get screwed by the refs, I mean they had every opportunity. They did get screwed last year. They had every opportunity to win that game, and Breeze was right. actually terrible in that game. So I'm gonna let you off on this because I, I got another caller coming in um a couple a a small preview for this weekend's games i I know patriots fans don't understand that when the pats are out they're actually meaningful games i know when you told me that yeah um okay so the the four games uh we're gonna pick the four games we've got seattle and the minnesota vikings who i can't stand who you got um 
Seattle's playing the Vikings. No, no I'm sorry. I'm sorry. San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco. That's what the I thought. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking San Fran in that game. Um, I know it was a road game, but to see, I don't think the Eagles were, are that good. And Seattle just was not. Uh, they didn't convince me. Okay. So, so, you, so okay. You, so you, you like, yeah. so you like you San Fran and you the like the round. Packers? And the Packers, I like just because the Vikings are always frauds. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Vikings, but I think the Packers are going to win their game. So, but the Packers are paying, are playing the Seahawks. So you like the Packers over the Seahawks and the Niners over the over the the Vikings. Over the Vikings. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to differ with you on the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks you, go into into Lambeau and win. Um, okay. Because I don't like this Packers team. And lastly, we've got the AFC. Um, we've got the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Titans. I'm assuming I know where you're going with this. Yeah, so I mean, the Ravens are the obvious choice. I'll just say, of all the teams in the NFL, I, you know, the Jets have just become so pathetic that they're not even a rival anymore. And I, we have a rivalry now with Baltimore, and I can't stand the Ravens. I actually really like Lamar Jackson, but I just hate the Ravens as a whole. As you should. So I, I'm rooting so hard against them. I, they're going to run train on the Titans, um, but. Uh, it, it would, that would be awesome if they if the Titans pull. I, I just think I think the Titans got their big inspirational win. Now they're playing with house money. Vrabel's going to get a contract extension, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and and this is this is an easy one for for Baltimore. And lastly, we've got the um, oh my god, what's the second? Oh, uh, uh, Houston, Houston, Kansas Houston, City, Kansas City. I'm going with yeah. Kansas City, and I'm going with Baltimore. Yeah, so I like. Uh, I mean, I'm, it's it's weird. I'm taking all the home teams this weekend. Um, I, I, Kansas City is is really good home team, but also like Houston again. Same thing. Like Houston just didn't convince me. They they were awful against just a terrible Bills team, and then they had the comeback at the end. Um, so it'll be interesting. I really like Houston. I really like them. Um, well, I, I, I don't like betting against Deshaun Watson, but I think uh, yeah, Mahomes Watson, is awesome. Mahomes is um, awesome, and I think the Chiefs are going to go to the Super yeah. Bowl and win the Super Bowl. I would, I will root, I will root for Kansas City over Baltimore, of course. Um, but you know, Kansas City fans are underratedly really annoying. Yeah, but they're very tortured. And with that so, being so tortured. With that being said, Zach. Thanks for coming on and being a good sport. I hope you're Thank not you for too offended what, uh, for what I said about your your home city in the monologue. Um, and be proud that you're a two percenter and not a 98 percenter. Uh, I'm honored to, to always get the call. I'm always here. All right. I'll speak to you. See you, bud. All right, bye. Okay. You thought the show was over, but it's not because, as I mentioned before, there's another game in life, and that's the game of love. And last night was the season premiere of this uh, season of The Bachelor. So naturally, I have a lot of thoughts on it. And I'm bringing back a recurring guest, my, uh, my Bachelor buddy, uh, Aliza Verstendig. Lizzie, we're back. Hello, hello. So happy to be back. Okay, so right off the bat, um, this is a very attractive crop of uh, females. Uh, I think it's the best looking crop since Nick's Vial season. What do you say? I agree. The girls are gorgeous and they usually pepper in a few more unattractive girls, but I think he really has a majority of very attractive women. I mean, I mean, I was, it's like 98% absolute stunners. I agree. I actually think it's better than Nick's season. I, I, I agree too, but Nick's season was, was a, also a very attractive season, but, uh, but this season puts Colton's crop you know, to, to shame and, and the high level attractiveness in this season blows away the high level attractiveness in Colton season just by a pure aesthetics. I, 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think even in, even the way they did their intro bio pictures, they really stepped up their game. Everything just looked better. So before we get into uh, talking a little bit more about the girls, um, I got to talk about Pilot Pete for a second. The decision to wear a tuxedo. What do you think about this decision? Because I, I have some thoughts. I know a lot of people were hating on the tuxedo, but I feel like it goes with his vibe. He's from L.A. It's like red carpet chic. I, I'm into it. I, I can't get behind this. I, I just can't. A tuxedo is is made for for not a house party. A tuxedo is a, you're going out. This is a the the opening night is a glorified house party. Yeah, the girls are all dialed up, but like I just think a nice suit, the clean suit move is the move because the tuxedo is just a little too tryhardish for me. Okay, but maybe he was trying to stand out. Most people don't wear tuxedos on the first night, so it's going to be different. I just it, it was just eh, eh. like I, I think there's and and listen, no one enjoys dressing up in a tux and and looks as good in a tux as I do probably than George Clooney. But I, I, I mean, I, I just, there's a little character to like a suit. It gives off a, a different vibe. You, you can do a little bit more things with it. I, I just, in that scenario, in that setting, I, I just think the suit was, um, was a little bit, I, I just think it plays better. Yeah, I mean, I you know, when you go on The Bachelor, you can show him how it's done. I, I think my foray into reality TV is 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 over, but who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll see. Uh, before we get into uh, to the women, I, I, a little bit about the um, the intros, right? The women intros. Yeah, I'm getting out of the limo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there were some good ones. I think a majority were just over the top. It was the same thing over and over again. Something about him being a pilot, something about how many times he slept with Hannah. It was kind of the same thing over and over again. There were only very few people who actually stood out of saying something different. Um, so it was a little bit underwhelming, I thought. I just think we've gone overboard. It's like everybody's just trying to one-up each other. It's just a little ridiculous. Like the like the girl who showed up in the suitcase. Like, really? Yeah, that, that was a bit much. We had the entire rack of condoms. Really? Like, come on. It's so overplayed. You could tell even he was getting annoyed with it. He had to be nice about it. But even he, you could tell on his face, was getting really annoyed. Like, okay, we, we get it. It's like, relax. Like, I, like we understand. Pete, you know, likes, likes, likes to sling dick a little bit. But, like, come on. Like, it, it's not it, – that can't be just, like, so shoved in your face. A, a little class, a I little agree. tact. He- I agree. Who was your standout? Who had the best intro? Who had the best intro? Um, and, we'll, and we'll get to the uh, the girls who stood out. But one of them who had, like, I guess because it was just so aggressive, was Savannah. The, oh, blindfold, the blindfold kiss. I mean, that's, I a, that's a move. I don't know if I think it's, it's a great move, a but move. it was a move. Well, I have two thoughts on that. One is it's definitely a move. I think it's a bit much to make out with someone before you barely say two words to them. But my other thought is, and I know we've discussed this previously, but if that were the reverse and there was a female bachelorette and we're a getting me too and did that, yeah, he'd get lots of flack. So I don't know. I'm not so into it. 
I, I was not into it either. I mean, it definitely helps that she's an absolute rocket to look at. But I wasn't into that. The uh, the pussy cat picture definitely stood out. Yeah. But I wasn't into that either. Um, just just mm-hmm. just bad. I mean, who stood out to you? Which intro? Well, I mean, in the end, I don't really love her, but the one who tried to make a joke about her dry humor, but she couldn't even get through the whole joke. Uh, another sex joke that that really went flat on her face. That was uh, Victoria F., right? Yeah, and you can't make such a bold joke like that and not be someone who's bold and can actually make it. She couldn't even make it through the whole joke. She was shaking and couldn't finish her sentence. And not only that, but when she had to remind Peter about the joke and he didn't laugh the second time because he thought it was cheesy, and then she cried afterwards. Yeah, but of course. First of all, the girl who talks about how she has such a dry sense of humor should not be the girl that's crying on night number one. So one of those is a lie. Big facts. Big time facts. Uh, I will say this about Victoria P. Her facial expressions, besides for the crying stuff, very funny. Very, very funny. Just the eye rolls, the whole nine, very funny. So besides Yeah, I actually think... Yeah. I think she just went a little bit too hard on the first night and got overwhelmed. I actually think she might make it further than we would anticipate. Cause I think she does have a lot to offer. I think she just got a little bit too in her head. So besides for Victoria P who was your, um, who was your intro that st- stood out? Um, I mean, she didn't really say anything, honestly. And I think this is like an underdog call, but I don't know if you remember her, her name is Sarah. She had this like black shiny dress blonde. Mm-hmm. She didn't really say or do anything. She just, I think, told him that he looked handsome or something. But there was something about her that was very sweet and innocent, but also beautiful at the same time. She's my underdog pick. So she's your underdog pick. All right. So we, let, let's move on to the uh, – that's a great transition because we're going to move on to who we think are the heavy hitters right now. So the girls who stood out to you through the entire episode, who are your, like, four or five that stood out? So I think it's interesting because – I think this is one of the first seasons where I feel that it seems so obvious who's making it to the top. Obviously, I could be wrong. But to me, the obvious standouts were Hannah Ann. Yes. um, Obviously. um, Victoria P., I think was her. Blonde nurse. Yep. Yeah, blonde nurse. Um, Madison, of course. Oh, we'll get to her in a second. We'll get to her, of course. Um. And then Kelly, the one that he had met before. Yeah, so Kelly made a great first impression, obviously, because they had met before. Um, The blonde nurse, she was a a trooper when she obviously gets nauseous in certain situations where she's upside down or whatever, but she made it through. And by the way, that scene when they were talking, uh, when uh, she was wearing those glasses, like the blue dress and the glasses, a rocket ship. Holy moly, an absolute rocket ship. Um, I will will tell you a great thing that I picked up on Victoria when I watched it again. Yes, I watched it again. Was she did such a great move. On the first night at the cocktail party, she went to interrupt another girl. I think it was the other Victoria, actually. And as she was leaving, she said to the other Victoria, like, you look great. I love your dress. And he ate it up. He was like, that was smart. so nice of you. It's it's smart. And Hold on. So that's Brilliant. actually, I have a, a quick question about you. 
or, or I should say, I got to ask you about the um, the taking of Peter's time, because we're going to talk about this with Hannah Ann in a second. And the uh, other, there was a blonde girl in a light blue dress who was, who was trying to steal time yeah, also. Yeah, the fashion blogger. Yes. What is your opinion on the girls uh, and how they fight for time? If you were on the show, would you just go for it and just say, screw everybody else? How would you play it? So, I don't know. It's really hard to say. I actually think Hannah Ann, although I find her a bit annoying, I think she played it perfectly. Um, I mean, I get it. You're not there to make friends. You're there to thank you and see if something's going to happen. So, yeah, it makes sense. And she had the best when that girl, I don't remember her name, pulled her aside and said to her, you know, you kept going over to him. And most people's reactions in that scenario, because it happens every year, is they freak out. They say, what do you mean? And start yelling at them. She had the best reaction. It was so manipulative. It was like, You're, I want you to have time. You should go get it. Fantastic. Oh, Hannah Ann is going to be heard from this year. She is going to be heard from. Yeah. Also, she's drop-dead gorgeous. Um, yeah, I mean, she's Hannah G, but with a personality. And, and a brunette. She, I mean, she's just, she's a whippet. Hannah Ann, I've got my eye on Hannah Ann. Um, My, I I guess the ones that stood out to me, Hannah Ann, um, Victoria, blonde nurse. We've got Savannah with the uh, the blindfold kissed. And then she's taken the mantle from Christina Shulman. We got to talk about Madison. Wow, that's a big statement. Yes, Madison, what before I go on my diatribe about Madison, what are your thoughts on Madison? Because she got, because we got, there's a lot to discuss here because she got an interesting one on one date too, which we're going to talk about in a second. What are your thoughts on Madison? Yeah, I mean, I think she is the perfect girl. A for this show, but B in general, she's, first of all, her intro package is she's a basketball player oh my god like that's every guy's dream her dad's a coach she's a basketball player she's gorgeous she seems like she has tons of personality but not too over the top she's sweet she gets along with the other girls she was making jokes with the about her intro and the airplane i really think she has it all and if she doesn't win she's going to be the bachelorette so i i mean i absolutely love this woman I've professed my love to her on Instagram. I tagged her in my story. She watched it. I don't know if she skeeved out. I may have to slide into the DMs. Maybe be a little bit too soon. I don't know. Maybe I'll wait till next week. She's perfect. She is absolutely perfect. And for somebody who uh, prides himself on being a basketball player and talks about uh, and recaps his pickup basketball game from every Wednesday night, when she did that, what we call the spider dribble, in the opening montage, and then you see what she looks like, I, I, I am absolutely head over heels for this woman. I am actively rooting for her to lose just so I have a .00000001% chance. I mean, I think you did. I think it was a brilliant move on your part to tag her on the first night because she's not so big yet. So you got to get in from the ground up. I bet you she's absolutely enormous. Uh, right now. So, okay. So now that we've, I've professed my love for Madison and you agree that she's, she's just stellar in every way. The first date though, the one-on-one date. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that was a date that should be maybe the top six, maybe the top eight if you're stretching it, but 
it's weird. A, you're meeting his family. That's a hometown thing. Vow renewal. It's it's just it's so crazy. I mean, obviously he felt an instant connection with her and wanted her to meet his family, but it just seems so over the top and so not sincere because you don't know her. So all of a sudden you want her at your family's intimate party. And like you're making out with other chicks. You can't introduce uh, from a guy's perspective. I should speak for myself. You can't introduce a girl to mom and dad and then start fooling around with other chicks. You can't do that. That's a no, no in my book. And 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 he made out with more girls than I've ever seen anyone make out with on the first night. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know from the trailer that there's going to be a lot of sex having in this uh, season. A lot of sex. But you can't introduce a girl to your parents and bring her to a vow renewal. And then so early on, I mean, that's hometown type stuff. And that's even too much for hometowns. Yeah. Honestly, it was just a bizarre move by producers. I don't get what the angle was. We all already love Peter's family. We've met them before and everyone loves them. I don't really understand what the angle was. Uh, You know what? They're just trying to get, they're getting too crazy. And we're going to talk about the next thing. We're talking about ABC getting too crazy, but they're getting too crazy. They need to scale it back a little bit. They just need to. Let's let's bring the bachelor and the bachelorette back to its roots a little bit, right? It doesn't have to be so yeah, over I the agree. top all the time. And and yeah, that's a I great, agree. I mean, the yeah. old school bachelor was like the best kind. Now it's like too. There's too much going on. Just strip it back. I mean, Ari, who you have a, a profound love for, I didn't necessarily care for, but he did the same thing with this with the girl. I, I think it was Crystal. He brought her to the house. Like early on, and then she didn't even make it a hometowns. Yeah. Just weird. It's a weird move. So that with the weird move with ABC, and we're gonna end on this because it needs like a little bit of a segment. Hannah Brown is back. Yeah. <sighs> what I mean, the hell is this? I have I have the most thoughts on this. Speak. First of all, I just think that she's trying so hard to stay relevant. It, it's painful like you had your 15 minutes of fame and you stretched it and it's over and you need to leave it alone yeah yes it's just too much and then also i i was obviously you know reading up on things and when she had her whole breakdown he had said to her oh it's the birthday girl and apparently on her birthday was the night that she was on dancing with the stars and she got like terrible reviews from all the judges and was in a terrible mood. And then clearly that was the same night that she went to him. So she was probably just a mess in general. But again, it's like, what are you trying to prove here? So you not only didn't pick Peter, but you also didn't pick Tyler. Like you're number three. Uh, Yeah, I, I just, I've had enough with this. I've had enough with this. I mean, I'm on record saying that she should have picked Peter in the first place. But, like, and you know they're not going to end up together because then the show is just over. Yeah. Just there's no point of bringing her in our face. And also she, we talked about it earlier where it's like hitting us over the head with the fact that, you know, Peter likes to get laid and gets laid a lot and that, you know, they boinked four times in the windmill. Like, you brought it back. Like, just, ugh. It's just too much. Also, like, I just like, feel like just... it's, not, it's 
not fair to him. It's like, not don't fair mess to him. with his head. Like, you dumped him. Yeah. And then apparently he was on um, Rachel Lindsay's podcast and they asked him about it. And he said that after the final rose, when they saw each other, she had they had been speaking and they said, let's hang out. But then he saw that the next night she asked Tyler out. So he's like, forget this. He's like, so again, I'm number three. Yeah, I just Hannah, you need to just go away. You just need to go away. Go date somebody from Dancing with the Stars. And that's pretty much it. Like, it's just enough. And ABC, shame on you because you're getting too crazy. You're getting too crazy yeah, with like this you stuff. you have no content. You have to bring her on. Like, let her go to Bachelor in Paradise. There is, pl- yeah, there is plenty of content on The Bachelor. You have 30 or close to 30 attractive people, women, who women hate each other naturally. They're crazy about falling in love. And, like, that sells itself. We don't need this old, old stuff being brought back in our face. I was just so upset about it. But overall, I'm very excited about this season. I'm actively rooting against Madison, uh, even though I think she is going to go really far because I want to love her myself. Uh, quickly before you go, if you had to pick a winner right now, who's your pick? Who? Victoria. Blonde Nurse. Yep. We're on the same page on this one. I I I, oh, okay, I yep. Good. She was my pick. As much as I think I think Madison is is perfect, I think she's just a little young. I think Victoria, the blonde nurse, is going to win. But we're going to have to revisit this in a little bit because uh, uh, I'm going a little bit over time. The studio is probably super annoyed at me, but uh, Lizzie, this was a pleasure, and we're going to do it again uh, later on in the season. Yeah, can't wait to catch up at the end of the season. Speak to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Okay, uh, that was an absolutely action-packed episode, episode 67 for the love of the game. Thank you so much to my two uh, guests, Zach Weiner, Lizzie Verstendig, two of my favorite people out there. Um, Really good stuff. Should be a lot of fun to listen back. Again, episode 67 for the love of the game. Take us out, UGK. Double D titty, just getting drunk because you miscalculated the next to the, the last pump. Dump, dump in the gut, raw from the giddy up. Better choose the right one or pick, pick the kitties up. So. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.